Welcome to City Life Church Podcast. Our desire is that all may come to know Christ and fulfill their purpose in life. We welcome you to head over to our website for more information. God bless you and enjoy the message. Thank you very much. Just, uh, just couldn't help but think he is my everything and I adore him. I love you guys. You're amazing, but you're not my everything. <laughs> But you definitely add value to my life, and I appreciate that very much. But he is our everything. That is so good. That's so important to be reminded of that this morning. I feel like the Lord gave me a message for today as I've been seeking him lately. And the title of my message is Becoming a Victim or a Victor. So those are two words. They both start with V, and I didn't necessarily pick them to be that way. That's just the words that I felt to share this morning. And I want to get into here in a few moments the story and pull some things out of the story of Gideon and that the Lord has been speaking to me through as I've been reading that and just meditating and contemplating different things in my own life and what God is asking for the church and different things like that and looking at seeing wow, there's some really good things in there that we can mine out of the story of Gideon's. This morning, as we do that, I would ask you just to allow me, I want to be transparent this morning, and I feel like I always am, but there's times where I just feel like there's a special something that God's given me pastorally to just be who I am here today and to share some things that are going on in, in me as well. How many of you have ever been in a situation where you've been stressed out or challenged or felt overwhelmed or overloaded. So we're kind of all in the same group here together. That makes me feel better because <laughs> that's me too. And it happens to all of us and we go through these times. And you know, it's in those times where it's the fight or flight a lot of times for us. And we can either face that challenge and say, God, what is it that you're allowing to happen, why, and what do I need to learn from this, Lord? And so facing it is not always easy. A lot of times it's easier to just take the flight and go, I'm out. I don't like this. It doesn't feel good. And I've been there many times personally, and we all have. And my wife and I, and we talk about these things, and, and it causes us to certainly go to our knees at times of prayer and to seek God. But there's that thing inside of us as human beings that we just don't like it and we want to figure out how do I shortcut this thing and get out of it as easy as possible. And I think there's some misunderstanding of how God has placed things in our life and as Christians, as believers, what this life really is at being a Christian, what it really looks like versus what we would really like to see it be. And I want to share a couple of those things this morning because it's something that God's been showing me and, and trying to help me walk through some areas in that regard. So I just want to pray and then allow the Holy Spirit to speak, and as Jeffrey referred to, because he abides in us. And I'm always wanting, Lord, Holy Spirit, do your work. You do your work. I don't want it to be my work. We don't want it to be, because what we do on our own, it, it's not successful. So it must have him at the helm in that. So Lord, we pray this morning that you would speak to us this morning, each one, how you will, because we all need to receive something from you this morning. And you're so faithful, and you do that in the way that you know how to do that. And I just pray that each one is receptive this morning. Each heart is receptive 
we would not be closed off to the things that you want to speak to us this morning, but our hearts are open to that, that we would have an ear to hear what you're saying to us this morning. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. You know, on one hand, we have these promises that God gives us. We love those promises, the promises of health, the promises of prospering, the promises of good things, and the scriptures that we search out and we find that we can grab a hold of and say, I'm, I'm believing that scripture, and we see those things happen, and that's an exciting thing for us as Christians. We love those scriptures in the Bible that are positive and declare the word of the Lord, and we can say those things, and we can see them happen in our life, and we love that. It brings joy to us. It brings happiness, and it, and it says, man, I'm glad I'm a Christian. But then on the other hand, God's given us things that we find in the scriptures that we don't necessarily like to read, that we'll go through tests, we'll go through trials, we'll have challenges, we'll go through things where our faith is tested, and we're going to go through the tough times, we're going to be offended, we're going to be hurt. All of these things that we read, that's the other hand of, as Christians, we have to understand that's part of, and here's, the, here's what I want to say today about that. It's easy to get excited and rejoice in the goodness of God, because he's a good God. Absolutely. And praise God for that, and we rejoice in that. But I think the challenges that we don't do well at is when we are challenged by the other things, as Paul said, I joined Christ in his suffering, and we suffer through things, we go through things. Do we embrace that side of Christianity, of how God has designed us? Do we embrace that as God... I don't know what's going on, but Lord, whatever it is, your faithfulness is good. I trust you. I believe in you. God, I need to grow in my life, whatever it is. And that's the, the balance. And I think that as Christians, a lot of times I see across the nation that that's been a part that people get stuck there and they do the retreat or they back away even to the point, and I'll share in a moment, of definitely feeling like I've lost my faith in God not fully understanding the whole aspect of what it is to be a believer and the fact that God allows challenges into our life and the hurts and the pains, he's allowing those for a reason and it's not to drive us down, it's not to destroy us, but it's how do we respond in those moments, in those times and he wants us to grow through those things because he's looking for a church that can stand strong on a foundation that's strong and unless these, the winds blow and the waves come and all that, we won't know. But when the storm comes, how do we respond? So often we react and we find ourselves in a place that isn't good. And so it's important for us to have the right attitude when the challenging times come. And that's hard because I find myself, my human flesh is, God, I just want to hit the easy button. Or God, I just want out of this. God, just whatever it is, I'm out. I'm not hanging around. I'm not going to deal with that. I don't want to put up with that. I'm out because we're protecting ourselves. We're guarding our heart because we don't like to be hurt. You know, I stand here this morning going through times recently of an immense amount of stress in my life and the things, and I can see that. But I know, God, you've allowed this to happen in my life. So, God, what do I need to learn? What is it you're teaching me? How can I grow in this? Because it would be easy to say, I'm out. We're all human beings, and we all have the same feelings. Just to give you just a little insight is that just because I'm the pastor that God's called at this time to be overseeing this local body doesn't mean that I'm a superhero or that I have it all together or my job is to fix everybody's problem and I can handle everything. Now, God's graced me 
with certain abilities and giftings to do things and handle certain things because I, I understand that and I believe that's part of the call on, on my life. But the reality is at some point there's a need that we have for each other to encourage, to lift up, to, to help in situations. I find myself, and again, I'll tell you and be transparent with you this morning, whether that's right or wrong, this is me. So I find myself and my wife and I will be helping somebody who's in a great challenge and a great need in their life, and we're, we're investing and we're focusing on that, but at the same time, trying to pull the proverbial knife out of our back from somebody else who thinks we're horrible people. Well, that's okay. I understand all that, but the reality is, again, God, you are my everything. We can't put our trust in people. People are going to fail us. They're going to let us down. I'm going to fail you. I'm going to let you down, but my heart is, I, I love God with everything, and I love you. My wife and I, we love you guys. And it's painful. It's painful when you go through hurts. But we have to just say, God, what are you doing? God, you're doing something. And so we're here. And I, and I, I read these stories, and I'm just going to refer to one, and many of us maybe have read this, which is, in a way, I have an understanding of this man's heart, but also is grieving a little bit because I think what I said earlier about the balance is important. But the Hillsong worship leader, songwriter, Marty Sampson, wrote an article about the fact he's losing his faith. This is a mighty man of God who's written many worship songs we even sing. And he's not a young kid. He's 40 years old. And he's, God's used him mightily. But he says he's losing his faith. But here, I'll just read a, a little quote. And I know he's done follow-ups and things like that. I'm going to read this quote. And then I'll make a comment. He says this. How many miracles happen? Not many. No one talks about it. Why is the Bible full of contradictions? No one talks about it. How can God be loved yet send 4 billion people to a place all because they don't believe? No one talks about it. Christians can be the most judgmental people on the planet. They can also be some of the most beautiful and loving people, but it's not for me. I'm not in anymore. There's somebody who has gone through a lot of stuff, but maybe has a little misconception of what the whole picture is of God's plan for us. I, I would side with him in some of those things thinking, man, yeah, it's painful, it's hard. And how can God be a faithful and just God? The reality is we forget that there's that, yes, we have the goodness of God and all of the things he promises and the healings and all of the things, the miracles, all that are awesome. But there's that other hand that we're going to go through this stuff. God, for whatever reason, he allows it or he initiates it in our life and it's for a purpose. It's not to destroy us. And I believe that he, Marty, and, and my heart goes out to him, is in the same place of many believers are, in a place of questioning God's faithfulness or, or their faith in God. They're questioning because if it's, this is what it is, I don't know that I want to be a part of it. That's what he's saying. But the reality is, and I think in his desire to do good things and everything, there's, there's a part that God's bringing and allowing to come into his life that's been a challenge for him. But I understand that because I, I know most... Most of us have experienced things that he's a public figure, so he's saying his thoughts. But some of us have thought those thoughts. And now he's probably being ridiculed by many Christians, unfortunately. And we need to love on this guy and, and encourage him and support him because he's part of the kingdom and God has a plan for his life. The blessings of God are on the right, our right hand, but the difficulties of life are on the left. And that's what we have. That is called life. That's called Christian life. That is living the life of a believer. 
And if you want everything to be perfect in your life, you're, you're pursuing uh, something that's not going to give you satisfaction. It's a fantasy. It really is. So what do we do with those times of pressure that we're in and what are the stresses that we're in? God allows us to be crushed at times. I don't like that feeling. I, I don't like it. But it's how we respond to the pain that ultimately makes us into the person, become this strong, unshakable person that God created us to be. So our foundation will be strong. So when the winds blow, the waves go at us and the enemy comes that we can stand strong. Because the enemy's taken out people. He's taken Christians out right and left. And we, we can't have that. And it comes down to just simple, it can be a very simple thing that would cause somebody to, to be blown aside because they haven't allowed the winds and the storm to complete the work that God's wanted it to complete. And so they remove themselves. But then you start over because it's coming again. No matter where you go, where you're at, it's coming again. And we might as well, <laughs> wife and I talk about this, we might as well let it take us, get it done, Lord, whatever it is, do it now because I don't want to go through this again. Amen. Are we there? Yeah. It could be whatever it is in your life. Man, I'm taking a long time and I haven't got to get in yet. And I'm halfway here in the message. But there's this man named Gideon. And, I, and I'm reading about this. And he's on this threshing floor. He's, he's hiding himself from the enemy. Just threshing, getting, trying to get some grains of wheat. It wasn't like they normally did it with the ox and they would trot over the, the stalks and they would get the grain and, and it would be done in massive amounts. But he's down there just in fear of the Midianites, of the enemy, trying to come and get the grain. To, and there was so much fear that was put in from the enemy that, that he was really in a place of trying to just survive the situation. Let me start in Judges chapter 6, starting in verse 11. I'm going to read some of this and make some comments. Judges chapter 6, starting verse 11. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree of Ophrah, which belonged to Joash, the clan of Abizar. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of the winepress to hide the grain from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, or in some translations, mighty man of valor or mighty warrior, the Lord is with you. Oh, I love that, but this guy doesn't see himself as any of that. I mean, he's, he's in just in fear of the enemy, and he's been hampered by the enemy to be in this, down in this hole, just treading out, trying to get a little bit of grain. And so the angel Lord comes, hey, mighty man of valor, hey, hero, hey, mighty warrior. Who, me? Yeah, you. So many times we don't feel like that we're that, do we? I mean, there's, there's times where we just feel like we're in the bottom of the bottom, and there's, and how can anything good come from this and there's no way I feel like I can't accomplish anything I don't know why God's even called me and we're there in this place God hasn't shown me what he wants there was fear and intimidation that came from the enemy from the Midianites that was coming verse 13 sir Gideon replied if the Lord is with us why has all this happened to us isn't that what we say God if you're really there if you're really a God that cares then why are you letting this happen that's a good question. <laughs> and where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites? I get it. We get it. We get his frustration because we, we, we feel like we're in that place sometimes. God, where are you? God, you used to do miracles. I've heard that you did, but I don't see any now. God, you're abandoning us. What's going on? 
Gideon questioned the reality of God's presence with Israel. And since they were under the dominion of the Midianites, the, the people hadn't seen the great works of God, the miracles of God. They felt abandoned. He was just being honest of the feelings. There's a verse that it's not on the screen, but it read this morning, and Hal actually read it in our prayer time. John 7, 38. Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me, come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. Man, I'll tell you, the place where I'm thirsty is, <laughs> is when I need him the most. Lord, give me, quench my thirst. And he said, just come to me. Come to me. So verse 14 here in Judges. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. But Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least of my entire family. Excuses, and we all have them. But God, I, I'm not good at that. I can't do that. Man, I, you don't know. My family's horrible. I, I'm a bad person. I don't treat people. I, or, you know, I'm just the low of the low. He's trying to throw out excuses that he can get out of whatever it is that's coming. The Lord said to him, I will be with you, and I will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. Gideon replied, if you are truly going to help me, show me a sign to prove that is really the Lord speaking to me. Don't go away until I come back and bring my offering to you. Gideon immediately informs God of his inadequacies, his failures, all of those things. And he did what I would do, and I've done. Lord, if it's really you, give me a sign. I've got to have a sign because I'm not going after whatever this is. But God, but here's the faithfulness of God. He did that. Hey, I'll give you what you need to get you where I want you to be. So those are things that I pray and ask for. God, give me a sign. Give me a sign. And it's okay to ask for that, you know, and, and God's faithful in that. So he went home. He cooked a young goat and with a basket of flour, baked some bread without yeast, and carrying the meat into the basket and broth in a pot, he brought them out and presented them to the angel, which was under this tr great tree. The angel of God said, and place the meat and the unleavened bread on this rock, Pour the broth over it, and Gideon did as he was told. Then the angel of the Lord touched the meat and bread with the tip of his staff and in his hand. And fire flamed up from the rock and consumed all he had brought. Angel of the Lord disappeared. Gideon prepared this army, or excuse me, this offering. And when the angel of the Lord touched it, a fire came from the rock and consumed it. That was a sign for him. I was like, oh, whoa, <laughs> this is serious business. God, that is you. That is you. That, that was a good thing for him to kind of get him up and moving. So he realized that it was the angel of the Lord. And he cried out, oh, sovereign Lord, I'm doomed. I've seen the angel of the Lord face to face. It's all right, the Lord replied. Don't be afraid. You will not die. Because he probably heard the stories. <laughs> and Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and named it Yahweh Shalom, which means the Lord is peace. The Lord is peace. And that's what I believe God wants to bring to us today is a peace. There's a peace that passes all understanding that no matter what is going on in your life, no matter what stress you're under, no matter what fears you're facing, he wants to come and bring peace. And that's something that Gideon recognized, the peace of God at that moment. I think, man, that's the time where in the natural, there's not going to be peace. But with God, he comes in. He just comes in there and brings this peace. There was what the Midianites had put up were idols, the idol Baal, and then there was an Ashraf, which is the goddess of fertility. So they had these things that were evil things that they put up as gods and goddesses that were supposed to be, that's what's going to lead us, that's guiding us, and that's where we get our, all our information, and that's, that's what we need to look to. Baal, which 
basically means owner or husband or not a capital L, but Lord. Just so those meanings. And so he was told to go in and cut down that stuff. Get rid of it. Because the enemy loves to try to come and erect stuff in our life. That's him. But before we go out and do what God wants us to do, we have to make sure we take out those things that are not of God, but they're of the enemy that has tried to come in and sow seeds of whatever that is. So we just need to make sure when we're praying, say, God, what is it that I need to remove? What is it that I need to make sure gets out of the way so that your plan can happen in our life? And so each one of us personally, there may be things that God says, yeah, I need, I need you to go out and destroy that. I need that. That was something that was trying to surface, and God is faithful enough to help us in that process. So Gideon, in the middle of the night, went out and took 10 servants out because he wanted to sneak and do this because it was like, man, I'm going to get wasted or killed if I go out and do this thing because this meant so much. And it was something that his father had put up. And so he took the servants out, and then they went out and took all these things down. And so the people of the town got upset the next morning and saw it was gone. And they went to Joash, and they found out it was Gideon. And so they're, they're like, hey, bring us him. We, we need to kill him. <laughs> and Joash is like, hey, let Baal take care of himself. If he's really a god and really is who you think he is, then he can take care of himself. You know, Because we, we know God can take care of himself. You know, we don't have to protect him or defend him in any way. That's what we know. He's a living God. And Joash is like, no. And of course, again, and this is me, Gideon goes to God and said, you know, Lord, I know you want me to go out and fight this battle, but I need another sign. Understood. And God's like, whatever, Gideon, whatever it takes. So he's talking about the fleece and putting the fleece down in this uh, wine press area. And, and if the fleece is wet in the morning and the ground around it is dry, God, then that's you. It happens. And he's like, well, God, I hate to ask you this again, but let's, let's reverse it this time. And I'll put this fleece out there, and this time if it's dry and the ground is wet, then it's you. And God's like, okay, I can do that. And that's what happens. And so now we're in this place of having to go out and defeat an enemy. Now here's the part that I really like about this, because God wants to be so certain that it's the power of God that makes this happen. It is not man. It's not Gideon. It's not anything except the absolute power of God at work. He's got an army at his disposal of 32,000 people. That's a big army. You could probably wipe out a lot with 32,000, but that wasn't God's plan. God said, I'm going to make sure this is that I get the glory for this, not man. Gideon, thank you for being willing servant. Each one of us here were to be a willing servant as a church in this community kind of think of this as sort of the Gideon tribe, there was a, a word that went out and said, hey, if any of you 32,000 don't feel good about doing this and for whatever reason, you can back out. 22,000 of them, I'm out. I don't want to go into that. I don't, I don't want to risk myself for that adventure. <laughs> All of a sudden, it's, whoa, that's a lot less than what we had. So there's 10,000 left. But the Lord told Gideon, because Gideon's probably like, eh, maybe I could still do it with 10,000. Lord said, nope, I'm not done yet. He goes, 10,000 is too many. He says, this is what I need you to do. I need you to send those 10,000 down to the water, to the river's edge, and I need to tell them to get a drink. They all go down there. And depending on how they got the water out of the river was whether they were going to be chosen or not. The ones who were paying attention while they were drinking water, in other words, leaning over and lapping up the water and looking to make sure that there wasn't any enemy, there wasn't anything that could come in their way, they were paying attention. They, they were doing that. And then the others just got down on their hands and knees and got down and just stuck their face in the water and sucked up the water. 
understand that. That would be probably a natural way for some people to do. But there was something about the ones that did this, and God said, that's who I'm picking. How many? 300? There's only 300 out of 10,000? Can you imagine being in that place? Only 300 men drank with their hands. <laughs> that is when the Lord said, all right, Gideon, now we're ready. Get up, go down to the Midianite camp, for I've given you victory over them. He's already declaring it. He could be a victim. Could have been all along. Woe is me. I'm, I'm this, I'm that, I'm not this. God, you've failed. You haven't done this. You're not faithful. Woe is me. Or he could be a victor. And God's telling him right here, I've called you to be a victor. And I believe that's what he's done for every one of us. He's called us to be a victor, not a victim. And we can't have that victim mentality that we're just going to kind of ease out of this thing or I'll stay home or I'm not going to participate because I am in fear. God didn't really treat me well. My faith in God is wavering right now. So I, I think I'll just kind of sit back and wait and see. But God gave him a word. He said, I've given you victory over. I have given you victory over them. They haven't gone out yet. He said, but if you are afraid to attack, he's still giving him options because he senses, he knows Gideon. But he said, if you're still afraid to attack, take a friend and go down and I'm going to give you a secret. And so they snuck down to the camp and they hear two guys talking about this barley, uh, loaf of barley comes down the hill and wipes everybody out. And the one guy goes, oh, I know what that means. That means we're going to be defeated by Gideon's army. Well, Gideon's like, sweet. I love that. That's a good secret. Thank you, Lord. But God didn't tell him when Gideon said, nah, or he said, if you're still fearful, I'll give you another little option here. And Gideon being the human he was, like, yeah, give me that. I'll take that option. So he goes down, and he figures this out. Verse 17 of chapter 7, in verse 16, he divided the 300 men into three groups and gave each man a ram's horn and a clay jar with the torch in it. He said to them, keep your eye on me. When I come to the edge of the camp, do just as I do. As soon as I and those with me blow the ram's horn, blow your horns too. All around the entire camp and shout for the Lord and for Gideon. It was just after midnight, after the changing of the guard, when Gideon and the hundred men with him reached the edge of the Midianite camp. Suddenly, they blew the ram's horns and broke their clay jars. Then all three groups blew their horns and broke their jars. They held the blazing torches in their left hand and the horns in their right hand. And they all shouted, a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. Each man stood at his position around the camp and watched as all the Midianites rushed around in a panic shouting as they ran to escape. When the 300 Israelites blew the ram's horns, the Lord caused the warriors in the camp to fight against each other with their swords. Those who were not killed fled to a place far away, to these named cities that I can't pronounce. Then Gideon sent for the warriors, Naphtali, Asher, and Manasseh, who joined in chasing the army of Midian. Gideon sent messengers throughout the hill country in Ephraim, saying, come down to attack the Midianites. Cut them off at the shallow crossing of the Jordan River. And so they go through, and they do exactly what God says, and God gives them victory in this whole thing. Really amazing story. But it goes back to this place where you have a man living in fear and actually questioning the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God, and God, who are you? I mean, all these things are happening to us. The enemy has his way with us. All these things, I've been there. We've been there. And we're on the threshing floor, and we're just tired. We don't feel it. And then the angel of the Lord comes and calls us out. As Jeff said earlier, Functioning in the gifts God's given us. It happens. We withdraw. We no longer use the gifts God's given us. We don't use the talents God's given us. And we withdraw for various reasons that we're not happy with. Because we're not really living in the balance of how God's designed us. We don't like 
the left side of the challenges and the, all of those things. We don't like that. I get that. But that's part of the whole package. It's not easy being a Christian and being a believer. You know what the Bible says? Wide is the gate to destruction that many choose. Narrow is the gate to life that only a few choose. I don't know what all that means, but I can sense from reading that it's not easy. It's easy to make a choice of something that's comfortable for now and how we feel. But we have to be thinking with eternity in mind, not with our present circumstances in mind. There's something bigger and far greater, as Jeff alluded to earlier, than what we have here. But we are here. God's designed and destined for us to be here. This is our moment. This is our time to see that we can gather as many people into the harvest as possible to get through that narrow gate. Understanding there's a lot of people who aren't going to choose that. It's too hard. It's too difficult. God isn't faithful. God isn't loving. All those things for whatever reason. But I want to call us back to that place today, whether if we're on that threshing floor, whatever it is that the angel of the Lord is speaking today and he's calling us mighty man of God, mighty woman of God, mighty warrior. He's calling us mighty men and women of valor. He said, come on, listen to me. Listen to me. Don't allow the enemy to defeat you. Don't allow the enemy to keep you down here. Rise up, get up. Come on, we're going to go take the land. We're going to go win the war. We're going to go after the lost. We're going to go after those people that he has a heart for because that's our mandate and to disciple them and to have them be ones who reproduce. It's not about us. It's not about this church. It's not about us individually, but it's about the Lord and his plan and what he wants to have happen. And we need to grab a hold of what it is. If he is our everything, then we need to make him our everything. And we need to allow those things that he allows in our life for a reason to help grow us, to build us, to develop us, to be strong, so that in the day when the wind blows and the, the storms hit, we can stand solid knowing, man, I am a new creation in Christ and I am standing strong and I don't care what happens around me, my faith and trust is still in God. Yes. I pray for people like Marty Sampson, who are in a place of struggle of trying to discover. We need to give room for that with people in the body of Christ because we're all going through stuff. Give me room. I'm going through stuff. I'm giving you room. But we're in this together. We're family. I know if you're visiting with us today, I, I'm just sharing my heart as a pastor. And I hope that that's okay with you and, and you receive that for whatever God has for you. But I, I just kind of talking to a family. We're all family. It's important that we be real with each other and be honest with each other. But we need to have each other's back through this. Because I'm telling you, there's people who are hurting who need to just be encouraged and lifted up. I want us to sing that song again, that Revelation song. I thought that was so powerful. When we were singing that, I just was sensing just the presence of God. And God, yes, you are my everything, and I adore you. I asked if the worship team would come back, and we're going to sing that song. And you know, I'm telling you this morning, whatever the God is speaking to you, I know for me personally, I'm just going to be up here before him seeking his face, if that's all right with you. If you want to join me, that's fine. If where you're seated is fine. But we need to let the Lord know how much we love him, how much we adore him. And he is our everything. And the enemy is a defeated foe. You are called to be a victor today, not a victim. I'm declaring that over everyone in this room this morning and those that may be listening uh, later on the podcast. God is faithful. He is a good God. He's true to his word. 
Amen. Let's stand and let's sing this song again. Thank you for listening to City Life Church Podcast. 